<laughs> all right, all right. Come on, let's give it up for the mamas in the house this morning. All right. Uh, my mom listens in sometimes on the podcast from Mama. I love you very, very much. This is what it says in Proverbs 31, verse 30. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Now, what that means is, The elders would gather around the city gate. The elders would talk about everything that's going on in the community at the city gates. That's where they would meet. So what this is saying is, when you understand the sacrifice, when you understand what it is like to, to live as a godly woman, but a godly mom, man, there is something to be praised and celebrated when that happens. So let's survey the people that we're honoring this morning. If you attended over three events, soccer, baseball, or whatever this last week, come on, put your hand up. We're honoring you today. If you reheated the same cup of coffee three times in one day, we are honoring you today. If you've changed a dirty diaper since you've been at church, we are honoring you today. If you've polished tiny toenails, fingernails in preparation for church today, we honor you today. If you were served breakfast in bed that you had to clean up afterwards, we honor you today. If you've already heard your name, Mommy, over 20 times today, we are honoring you today. If you are wearing something that a child made for you, a a Fruit Loop necklace or a paper crochet pendant of some kind, we are honoring you today. If you have animal crackers or any kind of cereal in your purse for a snack for later, We are honoring you today. If you have more than two grandchildren with you today, we honor you. If you have three or more grown children with you today, you're broke and we honor you. (laughs) If you found out that you were pregnant, we honor you. Oh, one dad just found out just now. (laughs) We're praying for you. Now, expectant mothers, we, we do honor you as well, of course. I've noticed something weird, though. Uh, I don't know if it's just an Arkansas cultural thing, but it's something that needs to be addressed. Because I've noticed that when someone is pregnant, and I mean like really pregnant, like clearly way out there pregnant, there's this weird habit that complete strangers feel like it's okay to come and touch the belly and the baby. And I just want to let you know that has got to stop, Okay. So we're making t-shirts for all of our expectant mothers here at NLC Cabot. It says, hands off creepers. Uh, And we're just going to put like in a circle right on that belly. It's not easy being a mom. Not easy being a mom. Uh, One little girl was in the kitchen, asked her mom, hey mom, what's going on with you having little white strands of hair on your head? And the mom responded with, well, every time you make me sad... And every time you disobey me, I get a white hair. The little girl thought to herself, she said, is that why grandma's hair is all white? (laughs) That's a smart girl right there. That's all I'm talking about. It's not easy being a mom. If it were easy, it wouldn't start with the word labor. And that's how difficult it is. It starts. It's work. Well, 12 years ago this fall... (laughs) 
We put our brand new firstborn child in the back seat of our little Hyundai Elantra in her car seat. The only place it would fit is in the middle seat between the two front seats. We packed in all the gifts and all the stuff that we stole from the hospital. Because how many of y'all know when you have a baby and you're paying that much, you take everything that you can. Every extra roll of toilet paper, everything, just clear that place out. You paid for it. And we packed up our car. And I remember like getting in there and driving and getting back on the interstate as we're headed back from Little Rock, going back to Conway, where we lived at the time. Now, here's the deal. On the way to the hospital, hazards 95 miles an hour. Come on, dads. You know what I'm talking about. It's like the only time you can get away with a felony driving thing, and and they'll still let you go. On the way home, 50 miles an hour in the slow lane because I felt like I had, like, nitroglycerin in the back seat. I was just like, all of a sudden, it's like the bait. She was there on the way to the hospital, but all of a sudden now she's in the car seat. She's probably safer than she ever was when she was in her mama's belly. And now I'm freaking out because I'm realizing there's this delicate life. And so any of you parents, you know what this is like, especially first-time parents. You get to the house. You're completely prepared. That room is completely Instagrammed out to the max, you know. Everything has its place. You are stocked and ready. And so what do you do? You take the baby in there. And you lay him in the bassinet or you lay him in the crib. And then what do you do? You hyperventilate and you freak out because all of a sudden you have the gravity of realizing you are in charge of a life. And for me as a dad, it was very clear. I could really screw up this person's life. But I saw something different in Cody. I saw something different in her that I hadn't seen even since we've been married. This masterpiece, this artwork as purpose stepped in. And I saw something on her that made me realize that baby's going to be okay. Because Cody stepped into her calling. She stepped into her purpose. And she became an amazing mom. The truth is, God had already equipped her even before she was born to be that kind of a mom. But I'm so thankful that I married a woman that has the instinct and the intuition to be an incredible mom to my children. So give it up for my wife, Cody. Come on now. We have four kids. Four kids. People always telling me stuff like, when are you going to have another? Shut up. (laughs) Do you know what causes that? Yeah, we ain't giving up anytime soon. (laughs) You have four kids. You must really like kids. I'm like, no, we have four kids because I love my wife, okay? (laughs) Y'all just get that straight right now. To honor the mothers who have fed us, clothed us, soothed us, doctored us, and sometimes spanked us. Come on now, we got to thank them for that. Got to have discipline in there. Put up with us. Chauffeured us. How many chauffeurs in the house? Okay. If you got older kids, you're still chauffeuring. You didn't figure something out because you get the oldest a car and then you never do it again. That's our plan anyway. I don't know if it's going to work or not. Picked up our clothes, cleaned up our rooms, made our beds because we were too tired, busy, or lazy to do it ourselves. 
I want to honor the mothers who sacrificed and gave when they needed and spent on others when they should have spent on themselves. I want to honor mothers who cooked when they were burned out, who cleaned when they were cleaned out, and who washed when they were washed out. Iron when they were all ironed out. I want to honor moms who stayed awake at night because a child was sick or just because they got up in the middle of the night to go and check on their kids as they sleep. I want to honor mothers who cried through the night because their kid was disobedient. There was something that was unfinished or uncertain, invisible or unknown happening with one of their kids. And they lost sleep over it. I want to honor moms, especially, who like the San Antonio Spurs and the Denver Broncos. I don't know how that got in there. Just honor where honor is due. I've learned some things that never change about moms. It doesn't matter how old your kids get. You never get over being a mom. Uh, Even when I go to visit my mom, she still cooks for me. She still wants to sit next to me. She even hands me the TV remote. My dad never handed me the TV remote. (laughs) Mama will do that. I'm a grown man, but my mom still continues to introduce me and call me her little boy. That's just part of it. How many of your mom still calls you by your kid nickname? Come on now. Come on. Okay, well, I was called my whole life growing up, I was called James Cody because my middle name's Cody. Uh, which typically means you're in trouble when you hear your first and middle name. So that was my nickname, which just goes to prove how much I was in trouble. It just came out naturally. But my wife, Cody, we have some nicknames for our kids. We call London Low or Lolo. We call Corbin Core, Corman. Reeves is Reavers. And Grayson is G or Gray Bay. I personally believe that I have one of the the greatest moms that's ever lived. It hit me, though, one day, out of all the people I love in my life, my wife, my kids, my dad, my friends, they all love me, but nobody knows how to love me like my mom does. It's just the way that God created it that way. And I hope that my mom lives another 50 years. But when she does go to heaven, I'm telling you this, she is leaving behind an amazing legacy. She can go with honor. She can go knowing that she has great influence. And she's not just my mom. She's the mom that God created for me, which is not easy to do. I found some interesting quotes and sayings for Mother's Day, so I thought I'd read a few of these. The joy of motherhood is when all the children are finally asleep in bed. (laughs) Now, anybody who's not too religious is going to laugh at that. The mother of three notorious, unruly kids was asked, if you had to do it all over again, would you have children? She said, oh, yes, absolutely, just not the same ones. (laughs) Makes sense. A mother understands what a child doesn't say. If evolution really works, then why do mothers still only have two arms and two hands? There is no greater pain medicine than the mother's kiss. 
The father may have the, be the head of the house, but the mother is the heart of the house. And just about the time mother's work is done, she becomes a grandmother. <laughs> this was funny. There was a sign at a gas station that says this. It said this on Mother's Day. It says, free rows to mothers with gas. So, there you go. A lot of you moms don't want to admit you have gas, but come on now. I want to talk about three moms in the Bible that I think we can learn from. And the first one is Jochebed. Jochebed. Now, how many of y'all ever heard the name Jochebed before? Okay, not, a few, not very many people. That's why it's good to talk about her. This is what we can learn from Jochebed. Be fueled by the calling of God on your children. Be fueled by the calling of God on your children. In Exodus 2, verse 1, it says this, Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. This is Jochebed. When she saw that he was a fine child, she, she hid him for three months. Some context. This is after the Israelites are living in captivity uh, under the Egyptians. And the Egyptian pharaoh had sent out a decree that the Israelites were becoming too numerous in number. And he wanted to kill every baby of the Israelites. Okay, so she is living during this time. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket or papyrus basket and hid him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds among the, on the bank of the Nile. Her, his sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. The Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying. She felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. So this is kind of a behind-the-scenes, powerful, almost kind of invisible woman. She's actually so much behind the scenes that she's only mentioned a couple of times. In Exodus 2, she's not mentioned at all. And who is this mother? Who is she the mother of? Moses. Moses. So she kept him as long as she could, three months. And then what starts happening in three months? He starts teething. Well, you can't hide a teething baby. The only thing you can do with a teething baby is put them in the car seat and drive around the neighborhood and pray to God they fall asleep. But she couldn't hide them anymore. So, this mom is fighting for the plan of God for her son's life. So she does whatever she can to try to protect that plan. To try to make sure that her son who ultimately belongs to God, gets to fulfill God's dream for his life, not just her dream for his life. So she comes up with this plan to try to save him, realizing the location, realizing that these other women who had the power and the authority to come along and to rescue and to save him would see him and find him. She's only mentioned a few times, but her son wrote the first five books of the Bible. And she didn't know this. She believed in a promise, though, that God had given for her son's potential. 
You ever been around those kids that makes you think, thank God that they're not one of your kids? Like they're having that meltdown just all out. Whew. And you look at them and you nickname them Legion. Uh, (laughs) The truth is my kids have been that kid at one point or another. Probably everybody's kid has. But the thing that I've noticed about moms is they don't see that stuff. It's kind of like in that video before the service started up, you know, the, the mom goggles. They just see the best and the best potential, you know. So some kid is just having an all-out hissy fit, meltdown, and some mom's looking at them. Look at all the great energy they have. Isn't that just wonderful? Kids running around beating up all the other kids. And mom's like, they're just so strong. They're just so strong. I'm like, they need a beating. That's what they need. Moms just see the potential and they fight for that potential. Jochebed had a future vision and a dream. But the most important thing was the vision and dream that God had for her kid, for her son. And that's what she was fighting so hard. And because of this, she was a slave, but she defeated slavery because of her obedience through her son Moses. But she had to fight for her son's purpose in God to accomplish that. Another woman, Hannah. I think what we can learn from Hannah is passion for God can overcome great discouragement. Passion for God can overcome great discouragement. So why was Hannah discouraged? Well, she wanted to have kids, but she couldn't. But her rival, the lady who was like against her, was like this fertile myrtle. Like she just blink and get pregnant. And so Hannah's discouraged because she's constantly around this reminder that she couldn't get pregnant. I think it's important that we're sensitive to that. There's a couple in our church, the, the, the wife came out, they've been trying to get pregnant for like four years. She says she pulled up to a, a stoplight behind a minivan that had those stickers that has like the mom, the dad, and then all the kids and like the dog. She said, I just wanted to ram into that van as hard as I could. It's because those were constant reminders of what it's like when you're trying to have a kid and you can't. So tip of the day, maybe go take that sticker off your car if you have it. Because some people live in that pain. Well, Hannah was living in that place. And she was discouraged. Hannah is hurting, but she goes to God's house. She goes to the temple. And this is during a a Jewish festival. And so... While everyone else is out partying, Hannah is in church and she's faithful and she's praying and she's pouring out her heart. And this priest Eli comes along and sees her passionately pouring her heart out to God and thinks that Hannah's been hanging out with her good friend, Mrs. Jack Daniels. And she, he thinks she's drunk. In reality, she's just being faithful. So I want to encourage you moms, always be the mom who's faithful to the house of God. Be the moms that are always faithful to the church. Some of you, you're working really, really hard, and you give, and you give, and you give, and you give, and you sacrifice, and you have family, and you have career, and you have goals, and you have friendships, and you have to-do lists, and you have all these things. 
And I think it's really important not to forget this verse. It says in Matthew 10, 39, whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake truly finds it. And I think we have to hold on to this because one of the dangers of our culture is that we have a tendency to compartmentalize life and church. And I find that the women that have the most joy, that have the most happiness, that have the most fulfillment in their, fulfillment in their life, know that it is all a part of life. It is all important in life. They are the most important. And their kids are always the kids that are the happiest. They're always the kids that have the most joy. Some may say, Pastor, I can't be busy at church because my kids have this or my kids have that or we have this going on or that going on. But I find that these are the same parents that five years down the road are calling the church saying, my kids are away from church and drifting away from God. I think it's important to make God's house a priority. Recently, I was talking to a a brother who's getting ready to be a new dad. And I was just imploring him, like, please, please, don't let life, sports, this kid's schedule keep you from the house of God. In 1 Samuel 1, it says this, verse 11, Hannah prayed and said, If you let me have a child, I will give that child up to the Lord. All the days of, all of his days, I will teach him your ways. And she was accused of being drunk. She's like, I'm not drunk. I'm just pouring my soul out to God. Look, some may say, if you commit like this to, to the kingdom of God, to doing the work of God, there will be people that accuse you of being crazy because you're not going to be doing the normal thing. And I would encourage you, keep pouring your heart out before God. You keep being faithful to the things that God has asked you, because some of you, you need to be recharged. And there's really only one place that you can find that. It's around the presence of God. I find that it's around God's people. It is not getting eight hours of sleep a night. And all of y'all know, some of y'all have been on vacations. You come back, you need a vacation from your vacation. So that's not where you really find rest. You find rest in the presence of God. The thing is, though, to get refueled, it comes with a price. Something else is going to have to give to be able to truly get refueled. How many of y'all, when you're driving around, you get to a half a tank of gas, you feel like you got to go fill up? How many of you guys are like that? Okay, it just freaks you out. Like, oh my gosh, what if I get stuck in 167 going south and complete dead still traffic and I'm sitting there for four hours and run out of gas? That could be a real possibility. How many of y'all, when you get to like a quarter tank, you're like, okay, maybe I should go get some gas. About a quarter tank? Okay. My people. How many of y'all like gas light on, sitting past empty, going uphill? (laughs) I think we got one more mile now. (laughs) You people don't drive kids around. (laughs) 
I'm the same way. It's because I don't like the cost of refueling my tank. I don't like that cost. I remember when I was in high school, my senior year in high school, I could fill up my little 81 Honda Accord with 10 bucks. I think gas was 86 cents a gallon my senior year in high school living down in Texas. Now every time I pull up to the pump, I'm praying to God that my kids get full ride scholarships. (laughs) Because there is a cost to refuel. You have to know that every Sunday morning, the enemy hates your family going to church. And he will show up with full force to try to distract you, discourage you, and get you in a place where you just justify all of a sudden, we can miss today. The problem is, you miss one Sunday, it gets real easy to justify missing another Sunday. And before you know it, you are disconnected from God's house and God's people. And you desperately need to refuel. You desperately need to recharge. And I get that sometimes the biggest fight is just getting in the door. Especially if you have kids. A few weeks ago, I saw a mom getting out of the car. And she is dragging kids. And one of her kids is just not having it. Just having a bad day, bad morning. She's dragging kids crying, yelling, screaming. And I'm out front kind of greeting, saying hi to people. She doesn't see me. But she looks down and she's like, if you don't stop it right now, I'm taking you back to the car and I'm going to spank your bottom. And then she looked up and saw me. And she was like embarrassed. And I was like, you go, mama. <laughs> like, here's my belt. You take <laughs> I'm joking about the belt part. But. I know moms. I know people. Recently, I, I saw one of the ladies of our house who helps with a lot of things around here. I know that she has a full-time job. She has a couple of kids. And I remember her being here serving one kid in her arm up here on stage, the other kid down on the floor playing. But she was in God's house. She's committed that there was a portion of her life that had to be committed to his work. And I think it's important that we fight for those types of things. We fight to be around the things of God. Amen? And then there's Sarah. What we can learn from Sarah is it's important to pay the full price Pay the full price. Sarah, unlike Jochebed, was mentioned more than any other woman. In fact, she was mentioned in the Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11, these people of faith. Some of her strength, man, she praised God. She laughed a lot. She was fearless. She had some weaknesses. She wasn't perfect. She had a lack of faith at different points. She liked blame shifting. She had some harshness. She lied to cover sin. She was jealous. She called her husband Lord. I've tried to get Cody to call me Lord many times. And those are the only times in my life since high school that I've been punched. But Sarah was tough. Sarah was tough. She even knew at different points that she had to be tough towards her husband. One time she actually laughed after God had spoke to Abraham. She was tough. She was willing to move to a dangerous place. She was willing to take huge risk. I find that great moms generally are as tough as nails. 
when it comes to holding on to what's most important. Holding on to truth. Especially in Arkansas, man. Here, they can take you out. I mean, they, they, can, they can whoop you or they're probably packing heat so they'll just shoot you in Arkansas. My mom was tough too. My mom was tough. I, I remember at different points. Um, like my senior in high school, I lived with her and, and some girl that I was going on a date with had come around the house and she's like, nope, not her. I remember one time I got sassy with my mom. My memory's foggy now, but I do remember peering into her eyes and seeing Jesus on a white horse coming towards me. She was tough. This girl, Sarah, she was tough like that. I think she understood discipline. She had faith. When she died, Sarah died in the land of the Hittites. Uh, it was customary to, to buy a tomb wherever they die. The problem was after eight to ten years of being in that tomb, they would take your bones out and put somebody else in there. Well, Abraham, because of how much he loved and honored his wife, because of the way that she lived, the lack of compromise that she had, her willingness to pay the price, he was willing to pay a huge price too. He paid to have her bones moved to a different place and paid so that her bones would never be thrown away because she didn't want her memory to fade away. I'd encourage you moms, never compromise on what you know is true. Pay the full price. It is worth it. It's worth it in raising kids. I'd encourage you, be tough. Be tough with your kids. Do your kids need friends? Yes. But they need parents. They need parents that are led by the word of God and won't compromise that. I promise you this. If you ace that, when they get older, they'll want to be your friends more than if you're worried about being their friend now and compromise being their parent. But pay the full price. Be committed to this. Maybe we have some moms that are a little beaten down and discouraged this morning. And maybe you're in a place where you're hurting so much that it's, it's only inner healing and prayer that's really going to heal that. I believe that God has that for you. Maybe we have some mothers that are facing an empty nest for the first time and and that's difficult. You're freaking out a little bit. I know that God's here for you. Maybe we have some moms that have a wayward child and you're not sure what to do about it. You're praying, you're asking friends, but you're just not sure what the solutions are. God has peace for you. Uh, we might have some moms that today reminds them of great loss because they've lost a child. I believe that God is here to comfort you. There might be some ladies that want to be a mom desperately, but for whatever reason, they haven't yet. God is holding you. He has a plan for you. There might be some daughters. (laughs) It's difficult because they've lost their moms. And today is difficult. 
God's definitely here for you. Maybe we have some moms that are in blended families, and it hasn't just quite worked out yet. God will sustain you. God will give you wisdom. I believe that. Maybe lots of women today just need to be reminded of what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I think Mother's Day, more than anything, more than a day that we go and have a big lunch and give gifts and flowers and all those types of things, I think more, most importantly, it's for us as dads, as husbands, to lead strong, but for our moms to be reminded, hey, God has got you. God has got you. You can rest in him. He's got you. He's got your kids. He's got your marriage. He's got your job. He's got you. Come to him if you're weary, if you're burdened. He'll give you real rest. Amen. Let me just pray for you this morning. Father God, I do. I pray for all those moms that are in here today that, that may be in that place. One of those categories, maybe categories that I didn't mention. Lord, we do honor them today. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us as a church. You would help me as a pastor to always see and appreciate the sacrifice that moms make. God, I pray that you would help the moms of this house to always passionately fight for your plan and purpose for their kids, even if it doesn't always line up with what they thought they wanted. God, that you would help every mom in this house to always stay connected to your presence, to always make it a priority to pursue your kingdom and your kingdom first, to be connected in community with the body of Christ and other godly women, that they would passionately, when they're struggling, when they're in difficult seasons with their kids, that they'll always be able to pour their hearts out before you and stay connected in your house. God, I pray that we would never compromise We'd always be willing to pay the full price, even if it means being tough, even if it means doing something that's unpopular. God, I pray that we would always honor our moms. We thank you for them. If you're here today as a mom and you're just struggling for whatever reason, here in a little bit, our prayer team's gonna be down here and I'd encourage you, if you need prayer from them, come and get that. Come and get prayer. But if you're here today and you're just, you're struggling as a mom, you're just discouraged. You, you've got a child that's away from God for whatever reason, having a difficult time. If you're in that place, I just want to pray for you. If that's you, would you just put your hand up right now? Any mom in this house, you're just struggling right now a little bit. Just leave those hands up for just a second. Father God, we just confess our weakness before you. Your word says that it's in our weakness that your power is made perfect. So God, I speak your power, your strength, your will, your purpose, your provision, your word that is irrefutable and irrevocable into every one of these situations, whatever they are, God, I pray that you birth new faith and new hope and new joy and supernatural rest and peace into every single one of these moms. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. If you're here today, 
and you've never committed your life to Jesus, for whatever reason, we always want to give an opportunity for that. If you've never confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, or maybe you need to rededicate your life to him today, today is the day of your salvation. And you don't need to wait any longer. The Father heart of God has been longing for you to come to him as his son, as his daughter, and receive the free gift of salvation that comes through his son, Jesus. If you're here today and you're ready to accept that gift, but to commit, to dedicate, surrender your life in repentance to Jesus as your Lord, you can go ahead and put your hand up right now. As soon as I see your hand, you can put it down. I'm not gonna embarrass you, point you out, but if there's anybody in this room, you need Jesus today. You're ready to surrender your life to him. Anybody in this house? Okay. Awesome. Awesome. God, we thank you for every person that's making that decision. We thank you, God, that as they just confess their sin to you, as they surrender their life to you, that right now you're giving them a new life in you. Help us as a church to come alongside of them, to disciple them, to encourage them. We thank you for them. God, we give you glory. We give you praise in this place. And once again, we thank you, God, for the moms of this house. Thank you that they're raising incredible men and women of God that the gates of hell will never prevail against. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Let's give God a hand for his word for the people who made a decision today.